He's from another land. Scotland. What Scotland? He sounds like he's not from the States. Scotch Kale Podcast. Welcome to the Scotch Kale Podcast, sponsored by Absolutely Nobody. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am joining you from the United States, and I have a very special guest with me. Please welcome back to the Scotch Kill Podcast, my girlfriend Zoe. Welcome, Zoe. Hi, everybody. So, Zoe, as you well know, we have been looking at finding the greatest Disney movie of all time recently. And I know for a fact that you're a massive Disney fan. So, how are you finding it so far? Has your favourite movie um, been doing okay? Um... Well, you see, it's hard for me to pick a favorite all-time Disney movie. Um, I was really surprised that Frozen got out in the first round. I think that's really surprising for me. I figured that'd go a lot further. Um, I know a tough choice was when you put Tangled and Princess and the Frog up against each other. Uh, I feel like Princess and the Frog is kind of underrated, so... I really do love that movie too. I was sad to see it go so early on. Yeah, um, I think I said a few podcasts ago that um, a lot of people had messaged me about that one saying it was a tough decision for them. Um, I think I've only seen Princess and the Frog once. Oh, we should watch it before yeah. you go. It's it's amazing. The music's great. If you if we ever have a chance to go to New Orleans, we should definitely go because it's it's just a fun city and I feel like you really see that in the movie too. I only know one song from it, which is um, the Friends on the Other Side one, the, the bad guy the sings. The villain song? Yeah, that's my, my <laughs> favourite song. That's the best song. <laughs> it's a great song. Um, it is good. Yeah, me and Sky used to play it all the time during the summer. So, um, But yeah, no, um, before we kind of go into some fun facts about some of the movies, I'm going to uh, do a roundup of um, last week's results. So we started round two this week, but there was also round one matches that were kind of had to be done. So the results were um, Aladdin beat Fantasia, which honestly doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, I feel like Fantasia's... It's just, it's an older movie, so I feel like a lot of people probably like Aladdin a lot more. Yeah, I have to say, I believe it was actually it beat Fantasia 2000 because there's actually two variations of Fantasia in this. The original oh, and Fantasia that. 2000. And I know fan, the original Fantasia made it through the first round, but Fantasia 2000 did not. Mm. Uh, but this one was definitely harder opposition for it. Um, second matchup, so Winnie the Pooh, or the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, beating the Black Cauldron, which I know we were both very happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, I remember growing up, was a massive fan of the Black Cauldron. Um, <clears> and there's one like little character, and I, can't, I have no idea his name was, but Ryan used to quote it like all the time when we were growing up. I don't know that I've ever seen The Black Cauldron. Um, it's good. I think it's a little bit darker from what I remember of it. I haven't seen it in a long time, but... It's probably on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> if you have Disney+, Plus, check it out. <laughs> yeah, I have the benefit of Disney+, Plus now being back in the States, so <laughs> we may be able to get to watch it before I go. Um, next up, saw Brother Bear beating The Fox and the Hound. Mm. Um, honestly, it was a pretty close matchup. They're They're kind of similar movies in a way as well. Um, so, um, I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised. Uh, I know Brother Bear is very popular. Um, and it always reminds me of my first summer working at summer camp. Um, because the song, 
Send Me On My Way by Rusted Roots um, is in that movie and um, we used to play it like all the time during summer and it was kind of the song of our summer that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we saw Lilo and Stitch beating The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, again, I mean, honestly The Hunchback of Notre Dame is a fantastic movie and I feel it's underrated by a lot of people. It's got some of the best Disney songs yeah. um, some really big ballads. Um, but I know Lilo and Stitch is very popular and I know it's kind of close to your heart as well I love Lilo and Stitch so, I cry every time I watch that movie it's good <laughs> um, yeah and there'll be some um, fun facts coming up about that later, a little bit later on for you um, next we had The Little Mermaid beating Robin Hood um, again I wasn't super surprised um, Little Mermaid's one of those kind of classic Disney movies that um, I won't be surprised if it goes pretty far in the competition. Robin Hood's good, but um, there's been so many movie adaptions and mm-hmm. um, so many versions of it that I'm kind of past it at this point. Uh, next, we saw Lion King beating Treasure Planet. Um, again, not too surprising. Treasure Planet is a very good movie. I don't know if you've seen it. You know, I think I've seen parts of it, but I'm not sure that it was really popular in my house growing up i don't remember any of it specifically it's kind of like treasure island but in space it's kind of the best way to explain it i'm gonna Uh, be honest i don't know that i've seen treasure island either well we're gonna have to watch (laughs) treasure planet then to get your views but you know honestly against the lion king it wasn't really gonna be much of a matchup Mm -hmm. um we had mulan beating oliver and company again i think that was a pretty uh, obvious choice winner there Um, tarzan beat the aristocats which for me again, Aristocats is great, but um, nothing beats a good score by Phil Collins and Tarzan. Um, you know, you've got Phil Collins, Rosie O'Donnell, and NSYNC doing the soundtrack for that oh, movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's one specific part uh, in the Trash in the Camp um, scene where they do the song as well, um, sung by Rosie O'Donnell, music's by NSYNC, and um, all like the the noises that they, they make in the campsite of like the um like things breaking was all done by Phil Collins. And mm. um, so, you know, you're not gonna get a much better combination than that. Mm, that. Uh, and then finally we saw the Jungle Book beating Basil the Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> um again wasn't too surprising. Uh, I did love Basil the Great Mouse Detective growing up. And um, they had a really good villain in that. Um don't know if you've seen him much but he's called Ratkin. Um, it, was a really, it was a really good movie but mm-hmm. again I didn't think with something like The Jungle Book it was going to stun, stand much of a chance okay so now that we have done our wrap up um, I'm going to go over some interesting facts about some of these movies with you okay um, so the first is Aladdin um, the original Aladdin film was the first animated movie ever to gross more than 200 million dollars in the box office oh, which mm-hmm. you know is a pretty pretty big stepping stone um but it, before it was completely kind of out of the cinemas it reached over 500 million well that's really impressive because that one came out was that early 90s or yeah, yeah early 90s um so like for that time period it's a it's a very good um you know with kind of a lot of disney movies um they kind of have now the um the ranking of like the the highest grossing movies of all time, mm-hmm. but a lot of these movies, if you were to include inflation, yeah. they would actually kind of be like a lot higher up the list. Like the Lion King, the amount of times it's been like remastered and reproduced and put out there again, like honestly, it would probably be very close to the top. You know. Oh yeah, I would believe that. 
Um, the next one we have there is that the film song A Whole New World um, was the first and only so far Disney song to win a Grammy for Song of the Year. So there's other ones that have won like Oscars and it's won like Disney films have won like Golden Globes, but it's the only so- Disney song that's ever won um, a Grammy. That's really surprising. Which, you know, I, I love the song, but you know, there's a lot more kind of iconic Disney songs that you would have thought might have been up there. Yeah, I feel like that one is definitely easy to kind of um, sing your own sing version. Up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and then finally, um, so before creating the film, uh, the directors of it, who are uh, John Musker and Ron Clements, who actually, they, they did a lot of kind of the early 90s Disney movies, mm-hmm. uh, but they were offered three different projects to take on. So Aladdin, which obviously was what they made, um, an adaption of Swan Lake, which was never produced, um, mm-hmm. and a movie called King of the Jungle, which later became The Lion King. Oh. Um, however, both Ron Clements and John Musker had... Um, kind of a part to play in The Lion King as well so they were kind of part of that later on mm. um, our next movie is The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh so uh, Walt Disney actually took a personal interest in Winnie the Pooh because his daughter uh, Diane loved the book mm. um, and then he attempted to get the movie rights as early as 1938 uh, but only succeeded in 1961 oh, wow. so had it gone Walt Disney's way um, Winnie the Pooh would have been one of the original Disney movies um, and that would make Piglet a Disney princess. <laughs> Piglet's a boy. <laughs> He's a prince. <laughs> Disney prince. Um, next, um, Walt Disney um, had a hand in the movie even 31 years after his passing. So uh, the movie came out 31 years after he passed away. But uh, oh. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is a, a combination of three separate films, uh, which were uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, um, which the last one was the last featured cartoon that Walt Disney had a hand in. Um, so, you know, that's really cool that even so long after he passed away, he still got kind of his, his say um, mm-hmm. in a movie, which is very close to the two of us. Um, and finally, um, we know that there's a um, a ride at Disney, um, which is the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Um, it was actually initially kind of created in 1970s after the movie was released um, but was planned for an upgrade to Disneyland's Fantasyland which is in the Magic Kingdom um, as we know uh, but it kind of fell through it didn't get the updates that it wanted so originally the, the ride came in Orlando but it was originally meant to be in the California park mm. um, but it did not um, actually come to pass until 2004 Oh, wow. So a long, long time after it was originally wanted in the park, um, it got finally made in 2004. I know that's one of the slower rides, but honestly, that's one of my favourite things to do when I go to Disney. Yeah, and I know there are talks already of it getting um, redone soon. Oh, more renovations, you mean? Yeah, yeah, it's um, a reimagination of it, um, oh. I believe, um, from something I read. That would be fun. Uh, next up, we have Brother Bear. So... Brother Bear is one of the few Disney movies to take place in America, which is a strange thought to think. But mm. um, I did some research, and I believe, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, the only other movies that are set in America are Dumbo, Oliver and Company, Bambi, which actually could be in Canada, uh, The Fox and the Hound, Lilo and Stitch, Bolt, Pocahontas, Meet the Robinsons, 
Princess and the Frog and Home on the Range. Um, I believe that's the only ones that are actually meant to be set in America because a lot of like the, the original Disney princess movies are meant to be set in different countries, you oh, know. Yeah, well, Snow White's Germany. Yeah, and I think Cinderella's France. Oh, maybe. I think, I think. Um, but from the research I did, I think they're the only movies that are set in the US. That's really surprising. Well, <laughs> Disney did take a lot of older stories and kind and, of make them his own. Yeah. So. So, like, in the actual movie, it might be said that they're set in the US, but, mm-hmm. like, the, the actual story is not, you know? Yeah. Um, in the German version um, of Brother Bear, Took and Rut are called Benny and Bjorn, which was named after the two male singers of the Swedish pop group ABBA. <laughs> um, and then before the, kind of, movie was released in Germany, they would appear in, sh- um, kind of, short clips before the uh, movies, telling the audience to switch off their phones. Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cute. Which is really cool. They weren't voiced by Benny and Bjorn, though. They were just they were just named after them. Oh, okay. It would have been cool if they were named after them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, the it's the only traditional animated movie um, that to include the black and orange Walt Disney Pictures logo in its initial release. So Disney has like a load of different logos that it's used, and um, this logo was first used in two thousand uh, in two thousand, and it only lasted until two thousand and six where the new kind of CGI logo that we, we know more today mm. um, was unveiled during the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Oh. Um, so if anyone goes back and watches um, Brother Bear, they'll see a slightly different um, kind of opening segment to what they're used to. Next up, we have Lilo and Stitch. So that's an interesting one I didn't know. So the, the actress um, who plays, or who does the voice of Lilo, is the same actress that does is plays the little girl in the ring, um, which you know obviously a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but fun fact, um, that both the ring and Lilo and Stitch were both released in the same year. I didn't realize that. So, <laughs> you know, she <laughs> she was she's, busy. <laughs> she's very diverse in her roles that year. Uh, two, the scene with Stitch and Jumba flying a spaceship through uh, the island in Hawaii. Uh, was completely redone after the 9-11 attacks because they believed that it looked too similar um, uh, to the events that happened in that day. Yeah. Um, so they to, to kind of not be controversial, they wanted to remove it completely, which I think was totally totally right and totally fair of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and finally, according to Stitch's dog tag that he has in the shelter, Lilo and Nanny's last name is Palaika, which you don't actually hear ever mentioned. Uh, but their last name is dedicated to Pele, who's the goddess of fire and volcanoes in Hawaii, and Kai, which means seawater in Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Which it was something I had no idea about before. Yeah, but. I don't. I used to watch. I don't know if you remember. They they used to have a Lilo and Stitch TV show on Disney Channel. When we were younger, yeah. yeah. I don't remember them ever mentioning their last name in that either. Though. I, I think that might be the only time when he's in the shelter mm-hmm. that you ever you ever find it out. Um, you know, which is. A nice little Easter egg, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved all the, the other ones. And you find all the other experiments that come in as well. Because I think there's a couple of Lilo and Stitch movies. Yeah, I want to say there's at least three. Yeah. They probably did some shorter like holiday specials or something like that. And then they did have the TV show. Yeah. I um, think it might still be on, on Disney. The TV show? I think so. We could always check. Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, we have The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the time that Little Mermaid was made, Disney Studios were working on a sequel to the popular mermaid comedy Splash. 
um, which you may not have seen, but is um, is a, a good movie. But uh, Ron Clements uh, pitched the idea for The Little Mermaid. Um, and at the time, they were told that they didn't want to do it because they didn't want two mermaid movies because that might be too confusing for yeah. an audience. Um, however, um, you know, it was later reversed and um, the rest is Disney history. Um, it wasn't, they weren't released in the same year though. Uh, do you know um, how long in between? I think it was a couple of years in between. Okay. Um, two, um, Baltimore-based drag queen and actress uh, Divine was the inspiration behind the sketches of Ursula. That's cool. Um, I don't really know the drag queen in question. Um, however, um, that's a really cool thing that is after a person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also in the film, um, a lot of people think that Ursula is an octopus. But she's not, in fact. She's actually a Cecilia, which is a mythical hybrid of a human and an octopus. Uh, okay. Um, a lot of people would just assume she's an octopus, but actually she's based on, um, I think I believe it's Greek myth. But, I never um, knew there was a word for it. But there you go. They're half right. I also <laughs> very potentially could have botched the word. I said it very confidently, um, but I can only say it how I think it's, it's said. So I'm going for Cecilia, but... You know. That looks right. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, uh, Part of Your World, which we kind of all know is an iconic song from the movie, was almost removed from the film entirely after the kind of first test screenings because it didn't uh, test well with audiences. However, they decided to keep it in and the second group of people that watched it really loved it, so they decided to keep it in. Uh, that's one of my favourite songs yeah. to sing in the car. <laughs> Same, it's one of my favourite uh, songs in the movie. Actually, Little Mary's got a really good soundtrack. There's a lot of really good songs it from does. it. It um, you know, I dare you not to go in and do a Jamaican accent when you're singing under the sea. <laughs> um, next up, we have The Lion King. So, um, fun fact that Simba and Scar were animated on separate coasts of the US. So, Andres Deja, who was Scar's lead animator, was working from Florida. Meanwhile, Mark Hen, who was Simba's lead animator, was working from California, which means that the team had to go back and forth to create some of the favourite scenes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they were they were working on it just from like messages from across the sides of America. I feel like that'd be so hard to coordinate. Yeah. Oh. Um, two, the wildebeest stampede took three years to create. Um, it was a six minute scene in total, but it mm. took three years to make that. And the reason behind that was because the kind of animation, um, didn't exist. Uh, at the time that they mm. needed um, because otherwise the wildebeest would have kept on like running through each other okay. so in order for that not to happen they had to create a brand new animation style that had not been created yet just for that scene oh, um, which obviously took them a long time to do um, but then you think about it how long it would have taken them to draw all those wildebeest as well because at the time, I a lot of people. not be an animator myself. A lot of younger people don't realize the fact that, like, like in movies like this, like everything is hand drawn. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just like a copy and paste job. Like everything was drawn at this time, so, mm -hmm. um, that would have taken a long, long time. Three years. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> uh, and finally, Rowan Atkinson, who plays Zazu, um, in the original Lion King, it didn't know the lyrics to "It's a Small World," um, which a lot of people like, you know, obviously know. But um, he he wasn't a massive Disney fan. He, you know, like a lot of other people were that are in these movies. So he had to learn and practice the lyrics for the scene. <laughs> um, but obviously he picked him up quickly. And I, honestly, like, he's one of the most iconic characters in the movie. Um, oh, yeah. I, I believe, anyway. Um, and if anyone 
doesn't know who Rowan Atkinson is, go and watch uh, Mr Bean, which is a British comedy, um, and you'll get to know him really quickly. <laughs> uh, next up we have Mulan. Um, so the story of Mulan actually came from an ancient Chinese ballad um, from the Song Dynasty called Ode to Mulan. Uh, the poem was originally part of a musical collection of lyrics and songs that no longer exists, which makes the tracing of the origin difficult. Um, they they don't actually know if the inspiration for the poem came from a real person. Mm. So a lot of people say that kind of Mulan's based on a true story, but they actually don't know if that's true or not because they don't know. People just assume Where it, it came is. From. Yeah. Um, second, uh, a cover song. Uh, made it higher on the charts than any other of the original songs. So no singles from the soundtrack made it on the top 100, which is very unusual for a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Um, However, Christina Aguilera uh, did a cover of Reflection, which reached number 19 on the charts. Also, I kind of like the original. It wasn't even on like the top 100 chart. It was on the adult contemporary chart. So it's like a very specific chart as well, and it only made it to 19. That's really surprising. I feel like a lot of the music from Mulan is... I feel like um, Let's Get Down to Business is like a really iconic song. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised because it's uh, Donny Osmond that sings Mm -hmm. and he's pretty well known. You know, I would have thought it would have been higher. Um, And then finally, uh, in the original movie, there was actually a song that Mushu sung uh, called um, Keep Em Guessing. Um, However, it was removed when Eddie Murphy was given the part because Eddie Murphy didn't want to sing. Ah. Um... It was, it was released, however, on a special feature on the DVD release of Mulan 2. Um, however, another fun fact about that was that Eddie Murphy didn't do the voice for Mushu in Mulan 2 because he was in a contract with Shrek 2. I didn't realise that wasn't um, him. And at the same time, they were recording at the same time, so he couldn't do both. I've seen Mulan 2 and I don't know that I ever noticed it wasn't Eddie Murphy. Yeah, they, they may have like taken parts of him from the first one, um, but no, it's definitely I I need to look up to find out who it was, but it's definitely not him. Um, second last movie is Tarzan, so the final the film's uh, third act was almost completely different. Um, in one of the earlier kind of versions of the script, Tarzan was actually going to leave the jungle and go to England, uh, which is what happens in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the kind of animators decided that they thought it'd be better if he stayed. Yeah. Um, and kind of made Jane's Day, which I thought was better as well. Uh, two, Phil Collins wrote the bulk of uh, You'll Be In My Heart, which is one of the most iconic songs from the movie, while he was at a Christmas party. He was playing <laughs> piano at a neighbour's house, um, and he wrote down the chords and melody, um, and then decided to send it to the um, kind of producers of the movie, um, and that it went in. Oh my gosh. Um, finally... Phil Collins did all of the percussion sounds, and we were talking about this earlier, yeah. in Trash in the Camp. Um, he recalled going to a studio and banging things with his hands and sticks, uh, breaking cups and even hitting himself in the head uh, to produce the sounds, <laughs> which is crazy. But it shows just how dedicated he is to kind of making um, a successful movie. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact about Phil Collins is that um, he sings on... So, like, the German version and the French version, he sings all of them in, in the languages, all the songs. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so, a lot of other movies, you know, um, in the last episode I talked about that in the Chinese version of Beauty and the Beast, Jackie Chan does um, The Beast. Oh, that's cool. Um, however, uh, Phil Collins does a lot of the singing in a lot of different languages, uh, which shows how dedicated his craft he is. Yeah. 
Uh, finally, we'll go into the Jungle Book. So, um, originally, Walt Disney thought the first version of the script was too dark. Um, the writer of it, Bill Pete, uh, brought the first uh, script version to him, but um, Disney was going to uh, scrap it completely because he thought it was too dark for audiences. Um, he wanted the film to have more laughs and more personality um, and kind of true to the way that Walt Disney worked. It was his way or no way mm. and it, you know, it, it very much changed. You know, I get that. I feel like if Baloo wasn't in the movie at all, it'd be <laughs> a much sadder story. <laughs> yeah, they, they also say there was, I can't remember the name of him, but there was meant to be a rhino character that was in it um, that was meant to be a comedy character as well mm-hmm. um, that was in the scene with King Louis um, but they didn't want there was, it was like two comedy scenes in a row and oh. they didn't want it to be completely comedy they wanted the, there to be a story so they just took him out completely oh. um, two it was the last animated feature that Walt Disney oversaw so we see a lot of this about Walt Disney being part of different projects but um, when Disney uh, died on December 15th, 1966, the studio closed for one day. Uh, they got back to business working on the last film that he was a part of before he passed away. Um, it was then released on October 18th, 1967. Um, so, you know, he, he was very much there and part of it all while it was going on. But um, they took a day off and got back to work. Um, and finally, uh, the vultures in the Jungle Book, um, the Sherman Brothers... Um, wrote a song that they originally wanted uh, the Beatles to do the voices of them. Um, however, at the time, um, Paul McCartney um, said no, mm. um, and um, they turned it down, and because they said they didn't want they didn't want to do an animated movie essentially. Mm. But then three years later, they released uh, Yellow Submarine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know you can see how times change. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it would have been great if they'd been part of a Disney movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's clear that the vultures are kind of based off them still. Like, I I kind of always saw similarities myself. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Uh, they they were very the characters were created for the Beatles, mm-hmm. and then when they rejected it, they had they they even kind of sound similar to them. They do. Um, and that was very much on purpose. It's kind of like a, um, you know, to get back at them to say you know like you know <laughs> should have done this. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's our facts about our Disney movies for the winners from week one. Um, if you've been watch, um, watching our Facebook page this week, you'll have seen that. And there's been a lot of more polls up um, and there'll be polls coming up in the next couple of days. Um, tomorrow, being Christmas Day, uh, there will be no polls up. Um, however, I've preset uh, a little post to go up for you guys, which is going to ask you what your favourite Christmas movie of all time is. Um, so you'll just leave a comment um, on it below and then I'll reveal uh, which movie gets the most votes. But on that subject, um, as I've got Zoe here with me, I'm going to ask her what her favourite Christmas movie of all time is. Um, well, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, I feel like growing up, there are always two really popular ones in my family and those are A Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation which I know you hadn't seen until last year when you came after the holidays and I <laughs> yeah. you watched both of them. I hadn't seen either of them. Um, I feel like if I were to pick between the two, I'd probably pick Christmas Vacation just because it makes me laugh more. Um, it's definitely a comedy and all of my favorite movies are pretty much comedies, but 
the nice thing about this movie is it kind of, it doesn't pretend like Christmas isn't stressful <laughs> and chaotic and messy. It kind of emphasizes all of those things. So, um, but at the end of it, it is, it does show like how nice it is to have all of your family there for the holiday, even though it's always kind of a mess, but really it's a quality Christmas movie. It always gets me to laugh. So. Um, and I would say, I was talking to Zoe about this yesterday. I don't necessarily know if I could pick a favorite movie, Christmas movie. I really struggled to do that. I, I did say though, that if I was thinking in terms of like what I would say the best the, uh, Christmas movie of all time is I went with Elf purely because I know how how loved it is around the world mm. um, and you know that's kind of like kudos to um, well Farrell who really you know um, kind of made his fame in Saturday Night Live and comedy skits um, and a lot of movies like you know Anchorman and Step Brothers which are made for adults but very different yeah but Elf. Elf is very much you know a you know a kids movie well it's really a family movie that anyone can watch um, and I think that you know you ask anyone around the world and they know, know that movie so uh, that's what I went with um, but yeah um, I want to thank Zoe for being on the podcast today thank you for having me um, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas um, and a lovely new year uh, there will be one more podcast up before the end of the year, hopefully, uh, but we'll wait and see. Um, until then, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you all soon. Goodbye.